imagine being in Joseph's shoes? Well, not his shoes, his sandals, but can you imagine going through what they were going through, Joseph and Mary, in their journey? It, the journey from, from where Joseph would have been, uh, from Nazareth down to Bethlehem, uh, the region of Galilee down to the region of Judea was about 90 miles. And uh, it probably would have taken, you know, if you could do 20 miles a day, which was reasonable, then it would have taken you a number of days, Stephen, just to get there, right? Just to get, on, just to go. And think about that. How many of us could say, okay, we're going to spend the next three or four days and we're going to go 20 miles a day. And, and by the way, it's not going to be flat, smooth, even ground. It's going to be up and down, mountainous, desert areas. And probably they were going in the late fall, probably the winter area, winter time. And it was probably around 40 degrees. And who knows what it was at night. And you're not going to a hotel. There's no uh, days in. There's no holiday in. There's no place to stay. There's no restaurants along the way. You had to carry what you had. And uh, so, so they're going on this journey. You say, well, why? Why are they going on this journey? Because they were required by the Roman government to register. And the requirement was for Joseph to go back to his hometown where his relatives lived and where they were from. And he had to register. So they had to go to Bethlehem. And, and in that, in Caesar's re requirement for all people to register for the census, he actually was fulfilling Micah 5.2 that says that the Messiah, the Savior, would come from Bethlehem, a little town, a little backwater town of Bethlehem. And so Caesar is fulfilling God's prophetic word through Micah 5.2. But Joseph and Mary are the ones that have to go on this trip. And it's a long trip. Like I said, it's 90 miles. And and, and it's not an easy trip. It's a difficult trip. And let alone, you're taking your wife who is very, very pregnant. The last trimester of her pregnancy. And she could, you know, deliver the baby at any time. Can you imagine that? Imagine just getting up each day and saying, let's see what we can do. And it's very likely that, that Joseph and Mary weren't able to do the 20 miles. And probably it was maybe 15 miles. They probably had a donkey. They had to carry all their... Uh, all their cargo with them. They had to carry food enough and water enough. So it was a very grueling and difficult travel for them. It was physically very exhausting to go on this trip, but it was a necessary trip that they had to make. But it wasn't just physically grueling. Just think about it, how it was for them emotionally and socially. I mean, come on. I mean, think of the struggles that Mary had to try to explain to her parents Mom, Dad, I'm pregnant. Oh, is it Joseph? No, it's not Joseph. Well, who is it? Well, it's God. Well, how do you explain that? You know what I mean? You, you can't explain it. You can't explain it. So her reputation is, is just gone. But there, an angel comes to her and, and explains to her the impossible. And, you know, I've not had an angel come and speak to me, but I still think that if, even if I had an audience... And Mary says, how can this be? And that may be my question. How can this be? It's an impossible situation. How do I wrap my brain around this? Because I know I'm pregnant, but I don't know how. I, I, don't, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. Scripture calls those mysteries. Things that are true, but we just can't explain them. They're hard to understand. 
they're hard to comprehend. Even to this day, we, we look at it and we say, I, I don't understand that. That doesn't make sense to me. It's not the normal process. How about Joseph? Well, Joseph had to uh, basically, uh, you know, when Mary comes to Joseph and says, oh, by the way, I'm pregnant. And Joseph is well aware that it's not his baby. And he, he you know, and then the explanation again, you know, what, what is he to do? I, I mean, he loves Mary, he cares for her, but, but now he's found a part of her that he doesn't understand. Uh, there's been this secret life, apparently, that she's been living and he's not privy to it. And so he's concerned about that. And so God in a dream encourages him. And this is what it says. This is found in Matthew chapter uh, 1, verses 20 and 21. The angel said to Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And so Joseph has this dream, and and he understands that God is doing something special in Mary and through him. And he doesn't quite understand it. He can't wrap his brain around it. It's not what he planned. It's, and his reputation is gone. So is Mary. I mean, Mary and Joseph had no good reputation with their friends and their family. How do you explain it to them? How do you explain the miraculous to people when they don't get it? They don't understand it. Some of you say, yeah, I've tried that and they don't get it. And that's Mary and Joseph. Their reputation was shot. But Joseph was a good man. And he stuck with Mary because she needed somebody to stick with her. She needed somebody to love her. She needed somebody to to help her because she needed help. And so he went with her. And here's the point I want you to see through all of this. That even though they didn't understand what God was doing, it was kind of a mystery to both of them. I think they knew that God was with them and he had a plan. And and, and the point and the principle is this, that Joseph and Mary had real questions and doubts, but they didn't stop trusting God and walking by faith. Even if they couldn't have it explained, and even if they couldn't understand it, they said, you know, I don't understand this. This wasn't what I signed up for. I don't really understand why you chose us. I'm not understanding how this whole thing is working. But if this is what you've called me to do, just you called us to do, we're just going to trust you by faith. We're just going to walk by faith and let you take care of the the other issues that we can't wrap our brains around. So I want to ask you, what is the challenge that you're facing this coming year? What is the thing that that you say, I I don't know how I'm going to handle this. I I don't know what... what, Can can you trust God to go with you? Can you trust that God, I don't know what you're going to do in my life this year, but I'm going to trust you. Can you trust that, that, that he cares and he understands what you're going through? We do not know what 2019 holds for each and every one of us. Some of you have gone through this last year and it has been a rocky road for you. You've had really terrible losses in your life. You've had health struggles. You've had relationship issues. You're in the middle of those right now. And you're saying, what do I do? And I want to just tell you, look to Jesus. Look to the Savior. Because He's leading you down a path and He has a plan. And He understands what you're going through. And you may say, I don't think He understands what I'm going through. 
Well, we have to look at the second journey. And the first journey was Joseph and Mary. The second journey is Jesus. The journey of Jesus began when he left his throne in heaven. And he determined that he was going to become a human being. Take upon himself human flesh. God became man. And, and so he did. He was born a, a baby in, in, a, in a manger in, in Bethlehem. Maybe a cave. We don't really know where he was born. It was to no fanfare. There were no dignitaries there. There were no officials there. There were no special guests there other than the shepherds. And you say, isn't that wonderful? The fluffy sheep were all over. And you have this picture that they smell like bounty. You know, as your clothes come out of the dryer and they're just fluffy, wonderful. No, they're not. They're smelly, stinky. And, and they were the invited guests. The people looked down on the shepherds. They were like the common last person to invite. Don't invite them if you don't have to. But they were the ones that were given a special invitation to see the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. They were brought into the presence of royalty. Royalty of the universe they experienced at the birth of Jesus. And, and, and so the Father in heaven sends his son Jesus and he willingly comes as a rescue party of one to save us from our sins. Because remember what the angel said to Joseph in a dream? He said, you will call him Jesus because he's going to save his people from their sins. And we all need to be saved from our sins. We're all sinners and we all need a savior. We all need help. But here's the thing I want you to see. Because he became human. You know, God could have done it a hundred of different ways. But he chose to enter into our world. He was the one who created the heavens and the earth. He was the one who created us in his image. He was the one who, who created everything that we look at, we marvel at, and we say, isn't this amazing? We look at our nature, we look at our human body and say, how amazing is that? And yet he entered into our world. He took upon himself flesh. And that means this. That in his humanness, he experienced everything we experience. He experienced happiness and he experienced sadness. He experienced friendship. He experienced betrayal. Remember his friends? When he was in the garden, he said, Hey, would you just stick with me? Because I'm really struggling right now. And he came back twice. And they were asleep. He experienced peace and hostility. He experienced health and suffering. He experienced life and death. But he did it all for you. He did it all for me. He willingly made himself vulnerable. In fact, Herod put a death, death notice out for him. Jesus came to set us free, to unite us with our Father in heaven, and to give us an eternal hope. Christmas means this, that the promised Messiah, the Savior of the world, has landed and he's come for you and for me. His birth is the beginning of our rescue. Some of you maybe watched the funeral of George Bush Sr. You didn't, maybe you don't know this, he was a fighter pilot in World War II. His plane was shot down. And his crew was killed. He was the only survivor. They, he got into a raft, and he was in a raft um, on the ocean. And uh, the Japanese army was 
trying to get at him and they were trying to hold him off and he didn't know if he was going to make it or not he was like for four hours he was just it was it was it was questionable whether he was ever going to be rescued and all of a sudden out of the blue he said a, a submarine <laughs> came to the surface right next to the raft and he was rescued and there, you have pictures of that and that but he said this later on he was talking to his friend and his advisor James Baker and he said this is what he said to James Baker he said why had I been spared and what did God have in store for me well we know the we know what he had in store to become president of the United States and as God had a plan for George Bush senior God has a plan for you and for me and he understands what we're going through and, and I just want to talk about three quick lessons. Hopefully you'll take from these journeys. The journey of Joseph and Mary and the journey of Jesus. Number one, God doesn't always show us the purpose and path of our journey. But he promises that he will be with us on the journey. I don't know and neither do you what this year, this coming year is going to hold for you. But here's the point. That no matter where that journey leads you, no matter where God takes you, no matter even when you mess up, know this, that God is with you. He hasn't given up on you. You may have given up on him, but he's not given up on you. And he will be with you in the good times, in the dark times, in the sad times, in the joyful times. He will be with you. Secondly, Jesus joins us on our journey and he understands our frustration, our loneliness, our disappointment, and our pain. One of the things that's really frustrating is when we go through difficult times and we say, nobody really understands what I'm going through. I feel alone. I feel like I'm all alone and no one cares and no one understands. And I just want to tell you that the incarnation, that God became man, Jesus understands exactly what you're going through. If you're in pain right now, he understands pain. If you feel like you've been betrayed right now, he understands what it means to have a friend betray you. If you're going through a difficult time right now and not understanding how it's all going to play, he understands all of that. He understands exactly what you're going through. And when you look to him, you're looking to someone who says, I know what you're going through. Trust me, I have a plan. Mary and Joseph were confused. They said, God, what are you doing? Have you, have you said that recently to God? God, what are you doing? God says, just hang in there with me. Not only am I with you, but I know what you're going through. And I, I understand the emotions and the feelings and the struggles you have right now. Absolutely get that. Last point. We place our trust in Jesus. And maybe this is the one you'll carry with you into the next year, the next few years. When you place your trust in Jesus, our journey has a happy ending. I believe too many people are looking for the happy ending this side of heaven. And sometimes we'll have good endings, but many times we won't. And some of you this last year, you're struggling because you've been around people or you're struggling because you're saying, I just don't know if there's going to be a happy ending. And I just want to tell you that one of the reasons that Jesus came 
was so that everyone in this room, when you put your trust in Jesus Christ, you will have a happy ending. You'll have an incredible happy ending. That's what God came for you to, have, to experience. Life here and now, but also a happy ending. You say, well, that's pie in the sky. Yeah. You have to trust God. You have to look to Jesus. But what's your other option, frankly? Jesus came to he from heaven to earth so that you could be forgiven, so that you could be reunited, reunited with your Father in heaven, and so that you could experience a happy ending. He doesn't always tell us what's going to happen on the path, but he says this, I will be with you on the path, I know what you're going through, and you're going to have a happy ending. Maybe the, not this side of heaven, but you will have a happy ending. I think that's the message of Christmas. That God has landed. Our salvation has begun. Jesus has made, become a man and lived among us so that he can understand us and so that he can save us. Let's celebrate that at Christmas. Would you pray with me? Our Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he willingly left his throne and came to earth and made himself incredibly vulnerable. Took a risk for us, a great risk. Thank you for Mary and Joseph who willingly were willing accomplices in, in your plan. Even though they didn't understand it, even though it's still in our minds a mystery today. And Father, you don't always show us what your plan is and how it's all going to play out here this side of heaven. But you tell us, trust me, I have a plan. I understand what you're going through. And there's a happy ending. Thank you for that, Father. May everyone in this room take something today that will, they can use this coming week and this coming year to know that they are loved by the most important person in the universe. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.